Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Hello and welcome to Daily Daft Differently. My name is Simeon Cohen and I am a rabbinical student at the Jewish Theological Seminary of America. Today we will be studying Masachet Psachim Daf Kuf Yud Aleph, page 111. If you thought yesterday's daf was a bit out there with its emphasis on rabbinic superstition and the occult, then today's daf takes that motif to a whole nother level. I'm going to begin with a teaching of Reish Lakish that can be found towards the top of our daf. Amar Reish Lakish, Arba Advarim Haoseotan Damo Berosho, Umitchayev Benafsho, Eluhen, Hanifne Ben Dekela Chotel, the Haover Ben Shned Kalim, the Hashote Maim Sheolin, the Haover Al Maim Shfuchin, the Afilush Fachatoishto Befanav. Reish Lakish said, These four matters, the one who performs them, his blood is upon his own head and he is held liable for his own life. One who relieves himself in a spot between a palm tree and a wall, one who passes between two palm trees, one who drinks borrowed water, and one who passes over spilled water, even if his wife poured it out in front of him. The idea behind Reish Lakish's teaching here is that if one performs any of these actions, one leaves oneself particularly vulnerable to demons or evil spirits. However, despite their superstitious beliefs, the rabbis are also pragmatists, and they recognize that not doing these things constantly is not necessarily tenable. So, they go on to delineate a number of conditions which render these actions safe to perform. For example, the text goes on to tell us the following about one who relieves oneself between a palm tree and a wall. With regard to one who relieves oneself between a palm tree and a wall, we said that he places himself in danger only if there are not four cubits of space between the two objects. However, if there are four cubits, we have no problem with it. And Rashi tells us here in a couple of comments on this section that the demons essentially need enough space to be able to pass through, and if there are less than four cubits between the palm tree and the wall, then they won't have enough space to do that. And furthermore, even when there are not four cubits, we said that it is only a problem when the demons have no other root besides that one between the palm tree and the wall. However, if they have another root, we have no problem with it. So here, in classic rabbinic fashion, Rish Lakish establishes a principle. It's not safe to relieve oneself between a palm tree and a wall. And the rabbis go on to tell us why it is in fact safe to do so, essentially. It's only not safe to relieve oneself between a palm tree and a wall if there are less than four cubits between a palm tree and a wall, because that could potentially obstruct the path of a demon who's trying to get through between that palm tree and wall. But even if there are less than four cubits and the demon has an alternate route he can take, then it is safe to relieve oneself between the palm tree and the wall. So Reish Lakish says it's not, and the rabbis tell you in so many words that it is. And this pattern repeats itself with the rest of the actions which Reish Lakish discusses in his teaching. With regard to one who passes between two palm trees, the text tells us that this is only dangerous if a public domain does not cross between them. However, if 
a public domain does cross between them, if there is Rashut Harabim between these two palm trees, then there's no problem with it, as demons aren't permitted to cause harm in a public space. And in regards to one who borrowed water, it's only problematic if it was a minor who borrowed the water, not an adult. And even if it was a minor who borrowed the water, it's only problematic if the water was borrowed in a field in which no other water can be found. If the water was borrowed in a city, then there's no problem. And even if it was borrowed in a field, it needs to specifically be water. If it was wine or beer, it is not a problem. And in regards to one who passes over spilled water, the Gemara delineates six different stipulations which would render the water unsafe to pass over. For example, the text tells us that it is only a problem to pass over spilled water if one is not riding a donkey and not wearing shoes. If he's riding a donkey and wearing shoes, then they have no problem with it. So Rish Lakish tells us that there are four types of actions which are not safe to perform as they leave us vulnerable to demons. And the Gemara goes on to essentially undermine his view of all four of those things and tell us why these things are safe to do. The rest of the daf deals with similar superstitious material and primarily consists of the rabbis educating us about how we can prevent ourselves from being exposed to danger or demons. A bit further along down the daf, the Gemara brings in this brayta. Tanarabanan. The sage is taught, these three things should not be allowed to pass between people, and people should not pass between them. And these are the things, a dog, a palm tree, and a woman. And there are some who say that pigs should be included on this list, and there are also those who say that snakes should be included as well. The Gemara now goes on to ask, If one does happen to pass between these things, how can one remedy that situation in order to prevent oneself from coming to harm? One should recite a verse or an incantation which begins with the word El and ends with the word El. So here, Rav Papa doesn't tell us exactly what one is supposed to recite, but Rashi says that because we're trying to protect ourselves from witchcraft and evil spirits, we should recite two psukim from Bamidbar 23, the first of which begins with the word El and the second of which ends with the word El, and both of which deal with the fact that magic and witchcraft have no power over Bnei Israel. As the psukim state, El, Motsiyami Mitzrayim, God, who brought them out of Egypt, is for them like the lofty horns of the wild ox. For there was no enchantment with Jacob, nor is there any divination with Israel. Now is it said of Jacob and of Israel, what, what has been performed by God? So these two verses, which begin with the word El and end with the word El, indicate that spells or magic have no effect over Bnei Israel. Igmara goes on to tell us that a menstruating woman who passes between two men can also be very problematic. If a menstruating woman passes between two men and she's at the beginning of her menstrual period, then she kills one of the men. And if she's at the end of her menstrual period, then she causes a fight to break out between the two men. What's the remedy for the situation? How do you save yourself if you happen to be one of two men between whom a menstruating woman walks? 
you should recite a verse that begins with the word God and a verse that ends with the word God. So the pattern of this stuff is that we learn that a certain type of behavior is dangerous and are then enlightened to the fact that there are certain precautions and steps we can take to prevent ourselves from being exposed to undue danger. I think a number of important lessons can be learned from this stuff. While it may seem that the rabbis are being a bit excessive here by warning us against engaging what seems like completely harmless behavior, like walking between two palm trees, there was a belief in this period that doing these types of things did leave one exposed to evil spirits. And, according to Rish Lakish, if you knowingly performed any of these dangerous actions, then you were responsible for your own death. Thus, the Gemara here is teaching us a very important lesson about the value of human life. Life has immense value and is worth living, so don't knowingly put yourself in harm's way. However, the rabbis also recognize that people cannot live in complete secluded security without any engagement in the world. It is very possible that one may happen to walk between two palm trees, or borrow some water while in a field, or happen to pass by a menstruating woman. Thus, instead of just telling us that we should seclude ourselves to avoid encountering these things, Gemara tells us how we can either slightly alter our behavior to avoid putting ourselves in mortal danger, or what we can say ex post facto to remedy the effects of potentially grave actions. I think the rabbis are teaching us two very important things here. First, one should not be reckless with one's life. Knowledge of danger and living life cautiously are very important rabbinic values as they ultimately lead to the preservation of life. However, one still needs to live in the world. Thus, this daft tells us that one needs to be able to strike an effective balance between caution and engagement with the world around us. I think this is a very healthy way of approaching life. One should not live one's whole life in secure seclusion, but neither should one live one's life with a sense of recklessness and disregard for caution and common sense. Thank you very much, and I hope you enjoyed studying with me today. Please join me again tomorrow for page 112. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.